Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show. Well here we are, it's the final episode in the series of Property Core Skills and I was just thinking back as obviously I was preparing to talk to you today and we started the series back on the 2nd of June and this will be the 21st episode so obviously we've been running for, what, 20, 21 weeks now. We've been combining um, content with panel discussion as we've been going on. We've covered um, across, the, across the weeks 10 of the property core skills or core competencies. And I should do a quick summary, shouldn't I? So we looked at uh, finding deals, uh, funding deals or funding money, managing the projects, uh, managing portfolios, and our properties, well, our properties and our portfolios, uh, managing and understanding people, managing our cash flow and budgets, research and analysis or due diligence, um, investment criteria and deal analysis, systems and processes, and marketing, uh, which we concluded last week. So we've covered quite a lot of ground. And I call these the core skills because these are the foundations that we really need to get good at to kind of have an enduring, you know, successful time in property, generally speaking. Now, we can't necessarily know all of them all at once. So, you know, we need to develop them and some we may be stronger at more naturally than others. So hopefully that has given you something of a foundation, (laughs) Um, particularly if you're fairly new or early stage in property. And that was part of the purpose of this particular series. A little bit of a revisit, actually, to the one of the first series I did on the podcast, which was, I think, maybe about six, seven years ago now, so quite a while. Now, I was just thinking to myself, what can I share with you today? Because I'm not really scripting this. I'm kind of going uh, off-piste a little bit. Um, one of the things I can say is to accompany the series, I've been writing a series of articles for YPN magazine. So all of the 10 uh, core property skills are going to be serialized in uh, magazine articles with YPN magazine. So if you already subscribe to YPN magazine, you may have seen them, uh, or at least now you can know to go and look for them. So they're they're appearing and obviously it's one a month. So it's going to take 10 months in total for that to fully unfold. However, if you don't subscribe to YPN magazine, and by the way, why not? It's a good it's a good magazine, so why not? It's pretty good value, and there's a lot of good content in there. But if you don't, uh, but you'd still like to see the magazine articles, then you can actually subscribe to my specific articles. Uh, all you need to do is drop an email to Karen, who's my assistant um, admin at thepropertyvoice.net. If you drop her a note and just say, hey, how do I get these um, YPN uh, articles that Richard was talking about on the podcast, she will add you to the list. There's a kind of a password link that you can get in behind the, the curtain. And then you can download, in fact, all of the back catalogue of all of the YPN magazine articles that I've I've ever written, actually. And I think there's five or six years worth there. 
So it's quite a lot of content there, and that's freely available, by the way. So just to clarify, that's just my articles. But if you want to subscribe to the entire magazine, uh, Your Property Network, um, just, just look it up and you can subscribe. I should have an affiliate link somewhere, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> no big deal. So that's something you can do. Um, obviously, you've got all of the content from the series. Um, the my first book, a property investor toolkit, is is quite a good complement for this particular type of content. So, um, yes, yeah, it was published in a few years ago now, but it's still very relevant today. So, by all means, grab yourself a copy of that. I think it's you know the price for cover coffee, something like that. So that should help as well. And if you really want to sort of look at this topic from a different dimension, why don't you go back to the very first series? Um, I think it's called foundations in property or something like that. <laughs> I wish I could remember. I think it's called something like that. So it's the very first um, series that was that I released on the Property Voice podcast. So if you want to come at it from a different point of view, um, by all means, have a listen to that. And that might help you, particularly if you're fairly new to the podcast and you haven't been with me from the start. It might be, you know, and you, you kind of enjoyed this content. If you can go back to that, that will probably help you. I come at things from a slightly different perspective um, at that time, which was in 2015, uh, to how I do today, but it's still relevant. Uh, I think some of the principles that I'm sharing are relatively timeless. Obviously, the way in which you do certain things and the tools and the systems and the apps and the you know, legislation has changed, yes, but the principles um, are very much consistent. So there we go. I suggest a bit of signposting there for you. Uh, hopefully that will help you um, to get bedded into the topic. Now, um, in my own case, I've moved on quite a lot, actually. I was actually preparing, uh, well, I'm doing quite a lot of things. I'm acquiring businesses and acquiring blocks and portfolios. I'm talking about setting up a, a fund potentially. And so when I contrast where I am today to where I started back in, well, back in the day, 2009 was my first sort of serious foray into property. And I conceived the idea, I think, about four years before that. So it would have been 2005. So a lot's happened in 15 years, to be honest with you. And one of the most significant things is, um, is really the ability to grow and scale. So this series is predominantly focused on what I call foundational skills or core skills, hence the uh, series title. But if you really want to take um, your property journey somewhere, then you're probably going to have to scale or want to scale at some point in time. And I think this is the bit that I kind of was leaving you know, I think I may have tantalized, you know, there may be a bonus uh, core skill that comes at the end. Uh, when I started uh, recording back in June, I probably tantalized you with that promise that I will come back with a, a bonus or bonus or two, actually, um, towards the end. And I always had in mind I would talk about what I'm going to talk about right now. And so this is this bit's really if you want to go on to the next level. Um, so if you just want to buy a couple of buy to lets then, uh, or maybe just a small portfolio, kind of have it run tidily, then the property core skills, you know, is enough. Pretty much, that's enough. And if you want to get really good at that, yes, have a look at the Property Investor Toolkit book. Yes, read, uh, sorry, not read, listen to the first series that I recorded back in 2015, uh, Foundations in Property. And you're going to have a really good grounding. By all means, subscribe to the magazine articles, and you're going to have a really good basis, a really good grounding 
to get started and have your early stage in property and it being you know principles led um, fairly safe fairly secure um, fairly comprehensive summary of what you need to know however if you've got aspirations um, for going a bit bigger or you've got big goals or you know you know anything like that which is you know taking it on to the next level uh, and I'd say not just in property to some extent here this is maybe any kind of business then there's a couple of extra things you're going to need I'm going to try and keep it simple because I suppose you could say there's a lot of extra things you might need but I'm going to try and keep it simple and in context so I don't overwhelm you and overload you with a bunch of stuff on this episode and the two there are actually two big things as, as i talk i might think of another one <laughs> but right now there are two big things that are in my mind and i very you know, i usually call them the secret sauce and um so these are the extra ingredients that make the cake taste better okay this is what makes the cake grow <laughs> this is all about scaling and going large and you know really sort of taking your business property business or maybe any any business to the next level and i think there are two main things and hopefully by now you're dying to know what they are I say richard just spit it out why don't you okay i'm going to spit it out <laughs> they are basically and collectively number one mindset and number two leverage Okay, you're probably thinking, well, they weren't the first two that were in my mind, but trust me, they are. Um, the, obviously, there's a lot of disciplines. There's a lot of other things we can do to grow and scale our property business or indeed any business. But I would say without these two, you know, at the heart, that's the, these are the links. So we talked about foundations, so the topics of the last few weeks. These are the links to grow and take it to the next level. Yes, there's going to be additional things that go beyond these two points of mindset and leverage. Of course there is. But these two are the links or the bridge or the springboard that will take you from, you know, relatively safe, secure and ordinary into the realm of extraordinary, large scaled property business or indeed other businesses. So let's just dwell on them a little bit because you're probably thinking, well, I kind of know what that's all about, mindset and leverage, but let's just dwell on it a little bit longer, shall we? So, um, and by the way, I just cannot help this because I have to refer back to one of my favourite quotations of all time, uh, literally is, and, and mainly because of the name of the person who coined this uh, quotation or this phrase. Uh, it's, and you've, you've heard me say it before, and I'm sorry about that. If you're a regular listener, you're going to hear, hear me say it again. But it comes from Charlie Tremendous Jones. Yes, Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he says, you will be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people that you meet and the books that you read. Now, I'm see seeing that to mean people that you meet is your network and the books that you read is your knowledge. Okay. And in a kind of funny way, those two elements extrapolate into mindset and leverage or leverage and mindset actually to be more specific um, because the the people that you meet is what we part of what we're going to talk about leveraging and the books that you read is part of knowledge acquisition which is part of mindset so it's not all of it because charlie probably didn't have this podcast episode in mind when he coined that quotation but i really love it and it's something that um you know we can reference 
So let's just start with um, mindset for a minute. So there's a couple of elements to this, um, this concept of mindset. There is literally the way we think. And if we want to grow and scale, there's a couple of things that we need to have in mind if we want to be successful at growing and scaling our property business. And one of the, uh, there's three main ones, really. There's the, uh, what I call the glass ceilings and the comfort zone. Okay, glass ceilings and comfort zone. So these are um, restrictions. They're barriers. They're limits that we place upon ourselves. Um, one is, uh, let's start with the comfort zone. Once you get comfortable with uh, being able to run a deal, manage a property, negotiate with a seller, etc., do the financing, you get comfortable at that. And there's a tendency to kind of stick with it. And I did that for the first eight years of my property journey. I did approximately, on average, I did three deals a year. It, sometimes it was two, sometimes it was four, and uh, obviously sometimes it's three, the average. Um, but it was between two and four deals a year, um, mainly added value types of deals. So there's usually some kind of project involved in it. I wasn't just doing buy to let. I, would ha I had some sort of project with it. And I was poodling along and I got eight years in and I had 25 properties. Okay, so that's pretty good. Most people would be happy with that. And I'm not saying I was dissatisfied with that. I was just saying, I was just thinking to myself, well, um, you know, is it? Is this it? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, but is this it? And one of the other things I talk about um, is one of my other phrases is fix and flex. So we fix a direction, but things happen in life. And then we flex to um, adjust. So it's like pivoting, right? If you if you're aware of the 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 lean startup book, for example, you start with the minimum viable product, you take in feedback, you test things, you get market research, and you pivot to a different you know direction depending on the feedback that you get given. Well, fix and flex is like pivoting, and the thing with this, with it goes hand in hand with mindset. So as you get better, you start to think differently. As you advance and make progress, you have a different perspective, a different outlook. You may have achieved your initial goals, and then you start to think, well, now what? There's where the flex comes in. Fix the goal. My first goal is to plug a hole in my pension. I did it with my first deal. So um, then I had to think about something else. So then, I, therefore, I had to flex. So but in order to scale, which is really what I'm talking about here, we need to break out of our comfort zone. Really, if we want to scale on a more exponential basis rather than a sort of organic or progressive uh, basis. So three deals a year. Obviously, if I kept going at that rate, I'm going to do OK. I'm going to end up with a, a decent portfolio. You know, it's whatever, 30 deals, uh, sorry, 30 properties every 10 years. If I do 20 years, I've got 60 properties. Uh, so, you know, that would be probably enough for most people. And But I wanted to get to where I needed to quicker. And the, the reason I wanted to get there quicker is, well, I don't know if I want to do this forever, first of all. And second of all, I want to start, the reason I, I'm accelerating is I want to start putting to use the, uh, uh, the outcome of where I'm going. I've got a goal to have a foundation and I want to get there sooner rather than it, you know, literally being my, my last breath that I go, here's my foundation. I'm, I'm 99 years old, hopefully. And, you know, um, when I turn 100, that'll be it, last breath, and here's my foundation. I'd like to get there a bit sooner. 
and start to make a difference in other people's lives the way I want to through the foundation sooner. And while I'm younger and able to, you know, uh, participate and enjoy that. Anyway, I digress. But in order to do that, I needed to break out of my comfort zone. Now, the thing with a comfort zone is very comfortable. <laughs> okay. And so to break out of your comfort zone, by definition, is uncomfortable. And but equally, we want to be careful that we don't overstretch to breaking point. So there is this, you know, ten natural tension that exists. So, you know, people will say, go big or go home. I think I even said it myself. In fact, I know I said it myself. Go big or go home. Well, if you overreach and you overexpand and you overtrade, well, that can cause problems. So um, you've got to find this middle ground between staying, you know, in the groove and some people might describe a groove as a rut, but you can stay in the groove um, or you could go big or go home sort of thing. And if you go big and go home, you might overstretch and you might, you know, create a crisis. You might, you know, create stress points for the business and also for ourselves and our family. So we have to find this sort of middle ground. It's outside of the comfort zone, but it's before breaking zone. Okay, so we need to break out the comfort zone. That's the first point of my mindset. The second one is glass ceilings. So a glass ceiling is an artificial limit that we put on our capabilities. You know, we believe that we can, we only believe we can do certain things. That's putting a limit on ourselves, an artificial limit. But if we, if we recognize it's a glass ceiling, and if we look through the glass ceiling upwards, we can see above, we can see to the sky. No, we can't. We can see to the stars. No, we can't. We can see to the galaxy. You get my point. So, you know, we, we can break through the glass ceiling as well, which is all about mindset. Now, there's lots of other things about mindset we could talk about, you know, being solution orientated, being positive, being creative, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes, lots of different things we could talk about, psychology, mindset, etc. But I wanted to focus on those two points, uh, breaking through glass ceilings and stretching out of comfort zones if we want to grow and scale. The second thing to consider is this, nothing comes easy, all right? Uh, nothing comes easy. And there are upsides and there are downsides. There are good times and there are bad times. There are trade-offs to be, to be made. All right. So there is, you know, John Martini talks about challenge and support. And if you read his book, The Values Factor, he talks about challenge and support are always, yes, always in equilibrium. And you think, how can that be? I'm going for a good moment. I'm going for a bad moment. How can it be in equilibrium? Well, it, it oscillates perhaps, but in, in overall, we're in equilibrium. And if we're overly challenged, we're going to get support. And if we you know, get too much support, well, guess what's coming? A little bit of challenge. So there's upside and downside. There's trade-offs to be made. And we could put it as sacrifices to be made. So just be prepared if you do want to grow and scale that there could be a price to pay. You just need to choose the price and be conscious of paying the price because there is always a price to pay. So that's the second element. And then the third element is what, you know, I could call um, an attitude of lifelong learning or growth mindset. And if you look up, oh gosh, now, uh, Carol Dweck, isn't it? The Professor Carol Dweck, um, who wrote the book, Gro Growth Mindset. Now, if you have a growth mindset, then things like learning, things like failure don't phase you. Um, so, you know, have a growth mindset. Equally, don't stand still. Um, have an attitude of lifelong learning, of personal growth and development as well. 
And it could take us into a direction of, you know, looking after our biggest asset here, which is ourselves. And, um, you know, starting to get into the holistic sort of space here. We've got, a, we've got a mind, we've got a body, we've got a soul, you know, we've got emotions. We need to nurture all of ourselves. Um, so that's part of personal growth. Because we want to be around for our 99th slash 100th birthday uh, to realize the fruits of all we're talking about. As you can tell, I'm a little bit impassioned about this topic. And um, I'm going to share a little bit more in a subsequent episode, but I'm also kind of living this right now. So um, I'll come back to that. So just let's get back on topic, Richard. Now, the other thing to consider with um, mindset is the influences that we have. Um, and that's really that really comes from our environment. So um, just consider carefully the environment that you're in. Who are the people that are surrounding you or you surround yourself with? That's a choice, by the way. And what places do you hang out? Uh, are they supportive? Are they conducive to where you want to be? You need to be in the places and you need to be surrounded by the people of where you want to be, not where you are. Okay, so this is about growth and scale, remember. So if you want to get to point B, you need to be in, you know, surrounded by people who are already at point B, not so much at point A. And similarly, the places that they hang out, the things that they do, the, the books that they read, literally, thanks Charlie, Tremendous Jones again. Um, what are they doing? What are their habits, generally speaking? And you need to mimic them and you, you rub off from them and, you know, hopefully get pulled up and pulled along by them. So be very, very mindful of your environment and your influences and choose consciously, choose um, carefully and wisely what influences you accept um, in your life. That doesn't mean you need to throw everybody out who, you know, you think is, doesn't belong at point B. It just means you need to spend more time with those people, perhaps, who will get you to that place. So don't don't diss the family members and, you know, all together, please don't do that. You know, we want to be embracing and inclusive and holistic in our approach. But um, if you want to get to point B, hang out more with people in point B, at point B. There we go. So that, I think, covers what I wanted to say about mindset, pretty much. So what else did I want to cover? Um, I wanted to cover leverage. Now, we all know about leverage because, you know, if we've all got a buy-to-let mortgage, that is leverage. We take our 25% deposit, we add it to a 75% loan, and we leverage all of that money up into a 100% um, you know, purchase price of a buy-to-let property. We're leveraging our 25% by a multiple of, well, four essentially, to buy um, a, a property. That's leverage. Well, that's, that's only one type of leverage. And it's only one dimension of one type of leverage as well, for that matter. And <clears throat> in fact, I'm go also going to talk to you in a future episode about my forthcoming book. Yes, I've got a book coming out. Slightly delayed, but it's not far off now. I promise you, it's not far off. And that's The Complete Guide to Property Finance. And in The Complete Guide to Property Finance, there are 50 different ways to finance in property, okay, in that book. So you're going to have to get it just to have it on your shelf and know about the 50 ways to uh, not leave your lover, but, you know, to finance your property investments. 
And so a buy-to-let mortgage is one of them, okay? But there's another 49. So leveraging financially is definitely one form of leverage. And, um, you know, a bit of a plug, obviously, for the book, but there's another 49 there that we could learn just purely in financial leverage terms. But there's other ways in which we can leverage as well. Now, leverage just means really to utilize resources that are not 100% our own. That's kind of, I don't know if that's a perfect definition, but that's my definition. So using somebody else's finance is a form of leverage, as in what we've just been speaking about. But we can also leverage other people. We can leverage systems. We can leverage our network. We can leverage kind of a whole host of different uh, things in our property business. Um, I, I wrote an article some years ago about leveraging the eight forms of capital. So, you know, financial capital is only one of the eight forms of capital. There's a bunch of other ones like knowledge capital, emotional capital, social capital, systems capital, human capital. There's a whole bunch of them there. So leverage is really um, utilizing other people's resources for our uh, property business good. So um, that's how we grow and scale. We multiply our efforts and we multiply and indeed we magnify. So there's two scales there. We multiply and we magnify our own efforts, our own resources with utilization of other people's resources to get a bigger return on our own resources. That's the key. So ROI, you can, you can leverage your, your, um, your money using a buy-to-let mortgage to improve your ROI, your return on investment. And, and this is the same. So your, your you know, return on time investment, return on uh, systems capital, return on uh, your network, all, all of it, just apply that concept through leverage. And so that's how we can grow and scale. So some people are really good at systems. Some people are really good at talking to people. Some people are good with money. You know, and some people are, you know, just they're just sort of social butterflies and great at social media and things like that, as we spoke about last week with a couple of guys. By the way, Ryan, big shout out to you with whatever it was, over 40,000, I think it was, followers on Instagram. Um, so we all felt, you know, um, pretty inadequate when we, <laughs> we were talking about our following. But, um, you know, so Ryan's done that. He's leveraged his social media network. And that will pay off actually at some point. But you have to put the work in before you get the results out. So uh, if you want the fruits, you've got to, to tender the roots, as they say. So there we go. Um, I think the, that's it really. I kind of wanted to say those things. Um, the, the missing ingredients or the secret sauce um, is all about mindset and leverage. And this is the link between you know doing okay and having great foundations um, and fundamentals and core skills in property and going to the next level. Now, there's a lot of other stuff as well that we need to learn. You know, it's a never ending journey. I talked about, you know, continuous learning, continuous, you know, professional, personal development. So it's a never ending journey. And, um, you know, get, get, you know, used to the idea that you never stand still and we're always growing and have that growth mindset. But hopefully that has been useful. Um, I wanted to spend less time looking back and more time on, on this particular element as we sort of wrap up the series. So yes, that's that. So um, <clears throat> what's next? Well, that's a really good question. So I've been having quite a lot of thoughts, uh, quite a lot of conversations with other people about what's happening next with the podcast. So I'm going to have a bit of a bridge 
with maybe some conversations with some people if I could persuade them to come and join me um, in, in the next few weeks. I do believe I want to share with you um, some of my plans for the future, which I'll save uh, maybe for another time. And I also want to talk a little bit about the complete guide to property finance uh, to coincide really and celebrate the launch of the book. So there's going to be a couple of things that are earmarked uh, over the next few weeks. And then I've got something else planned really for the podcast, but all will be revealed in the fullness of time. So I think for now, I just wanted to sort of, you know, set that up for the future. Um, there's a lot been going on in my world um, this this year uh, so far. Uh, I also want to talk about that, by the way, just kind of give you a bit of an update, a uh, bit of bit of an insight into that. I've been quiet in some respects. And the reason I've been quiet in some respects is I've been incredibly busy uh, with a few other things. But I'm going to talk about that, share that with you if you're interested. Um, and that would be great. But anyway, here we go. It's the wrap up of the series, Property Core Skills, uh, the 10 plus the two bonuses. Um, you can find the show notes to today's show over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. You can um, talk to me by emailing podcast at thepropertyvoice.net as well. I'd love to hear from you. And um, check back through the previous show notes. There's a lot of people who joined the panel discussion. Uh, sorry, the panel discussions. Thank you, everybody who joined me. And, you know, we just had a good old property chatter, property natter about uh, some of these property core skills. Too many to mention all at once. There were some almost ever presence, or there's some certainly consistent voices that you would have heard. And there were some, you know, one-time visitors or two-time visitors too. But every single one of my guests, I really appreciated joining me um, over the over the last few weeks. Um, it was a little bit like herding cats at times, but, you know, hopefully uh, you got some real value out of that. Hopefully you enjoyed the format of the mixture of content week and discussion week. Um, but, you know, maybe I ran out a little bit of energy towards the end, but, you know, it's 21 weeks uh, started in June. So um, I hope you forgive me for that. But um, I hopefully you can also tell that my energy is back up again, even though my voice isn't um, at the end of this particular show. So I uh, mentioned where the uh, show notes are going to be, how to get in touch with me. And I guess um, come back soon because I've got more to tell. But in the meantime, thank you once again for listening uh, to the Property, Vo uh, Property Voice podcast again this week. And until next time, it's Chuck. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.